Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast may contain strong language and matter of an aggressively artistic nature. Bringing you insightful interviews from industry insiders across the arts, this is Dark Unicorn in Conversation. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Dark Unicorn in Conversation. My guests today met at the Central School of Speech and Drama 20 odd years ago and have been laughing ever since. Their work as sketch comedians over many years has led to several live shows for the Fringes, especially in Brighton, where it has been my own honour to work alongside them, providing music and occasional acidic asides as part of their live work. Work which has, in recent times, attracted development funding from Brighton's Rainbow Fund, on account of our being an entirely LGBT plus troupe, right down to the technicians. They're also the proud owners of a burgeoning YouTube channel which has provided new content every week for a lockdown-weary audience and beyond. And they have in the past reached the grand finals of Sketch Off, the Leicester Square Theatre's national search for the UK's finest sketch comedians. Individually, they are Sean Hutchinson and Barry Glennon, but together they are... Oh, well, according to the autocue, together they are Barry and Sean. We started off by discussing when they first laughed together. <laughs> well, it's a long time ago. A long time ago, since we know each other, 20 years. Um, and usually when we're laughing, we probably had a glass of wine, so it becomes a lot harder to remember what was we were saying. Um, right. We were talking about last night, the first, the first sort of major memory of me and Sean was we were back at my flat, wasn't it? Right, Street, yeah. There was not just wine, but there was also champagne. And I think we were going on about like, this is like how close, you know, like, I'm just a really close friend of yours and just really love you. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, just, I, I, I drink champagne out of your ass crack. So <laughs> we had champagne, we had the ass crack, and we had a straw. <laughs> I'm not sure. If we, I'm not sure if we ever went as far as actually doing it, but we did pour. There was definitely, there was definitely pouring. There was definitely pouring, and, and then it's all a bit of a blur. Oh dear God! So that made us laugh. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny that you said that because that's exactly where I went, and I was like, "Is there nowhere else to go?" <laughs> There's nowhere else but ass crack and booze. <laughs> 20 years later, nothing's changed, really. Nothing's changed, darling. It's just unfortunate we're in such isolation. I know. Well, I'm sort of worried. I'm worried we may have peaked too soon with that answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's more to come. Let's see where we go. <laughs> so going right the way back, did, you, did both of you grow up in an environment of creativity? Sean? I did, yeah. My both my parents, um, they were very involved in uh, Tiffin Boys School productions, and they were quite renowned. And they went on to do music halls. And then my dad and and mum uh, went on to build a community centre. And then my dad has been one of the sort of founding um, members of creating the Rose Theatre and now um, also runs International Youth 
Arts Festival in Kingston. So they are both very creative. My mum currently is paper mashing the whole, in I can't say that right, the whole uh, world. Yeah, she's just made a, a life-size model of herself for her garden. So when children go by, they see this granny and she's also put a little, every day the granny's doing something different. But uh, recently, because of the weather, she turned to mulch. So she... <laughs> Is <laughs> it right? A note going, Granny, bye bye, children. Granny's on her travels and the little painting. So, yes, I definitely had an arty um, childhood. Yeah. My dad used to write a lot of songs and sing and he used to travel around to pubs. So, there was always sort of music and writing. Yeah. There was that. And, and on my mum's side, she wasn't so much somebody who would get up and do anything herself. She's not somebody who would sing or, you know, tell a story at a party, but she was the one who took us to theatres. We'd always be brought to the theatre. So from like young age, I saw, you know, Beckett and Yates and um, yeah, Streetcar Named Desire, really young, all those. She just took us to everything. So yeah, pretty creative. It's a, uh, and also just always encouraged to be creative, which I think is the main thing. Yes. Because I was told like, if I was drawing a picture, then keep doing that. Or if I was playing the piano, there was and keep doing that. And yeah. Um, <laughs> my mum actually uh, wrote loads of pantos and they were always a little bit, you know, quite rude. Um, double entendres, it was like they, she did like the famous five and there was a famous slide. She phoned me up, I was at drama school, she phoned me up, she went, darling, is this too much? Um, where's Dick? He's stuck up the back passage. I hope he comes soon. <laughs> I was like, bye mum. <laughs> So. <laughs> um, quarter to midnight and still no dick. Um, <laughs> I'm myself a fresh glass of water, but I'm gonna. I'm just going to not not put this in because it'll just sound like I'm peeing. Um, oh, it does. It does, rather, doesn't it? No, I, sh I, I should leave that in. There was. <laughs> I noticed somebody or other on Twitter the other day. Saying that their computer so ashamed themselves because they um, uh, they were in it was a speaker view Zoom meeting and they said that they farted so loudly it lit their name up. Oh dear! I think a Did you um, did you go straight to drama school after school, or did you go down the university route? It's like I couldn't remember. Yeah, I went straight. You did too, didn't you? Because you—he's a year above me. I was a year above. Still am. <laughs> um, no, well, mine is a kind of. You know, I got into Trinity College in Dublin to the um, Beckett Centre, and then because Irish study education being what it is. I failed maths and then was no longer allowed to take my place oh. to do acting. Yeah, apparently you need maths to be able to act. Oh, to be able to act to do maths, which I always felt a little bit, make them do Shakespeare before they can do a theorem. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't make sense and it really irked me. But anyway, it's because of that, um, it's because of that that I just, uh, suddenly just went through the phone book and I was like looking for places in England that I could like last minute try and Central was one of the places that still had some places left on the course so I like booked a flight and then called my mum said mum we're going to London at the weekend she's like why and I was like I'll tell you later um, so yeah then flew over to Central and did my audition and got in that day actually so it was really, it was very quick by the end of that day I was moving to England and I was 19. Do you remember what you did for your audition? Yeah, I did um, Iago, Iago's speech, um, can't remember which one, um, and I did a piece from The Woman in Black. And then they made me do an improvisation. Um, what was the improvisation? Oh, Romeo and Juliet. Well, I think I did a piece from Romeo and Juliet as well, but then they made me stop what I was doing because they were like, no, 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 no. And then they said, um, strap yourself to this chair. And there was another actor there, like an, an actor from the first year who was like gonna hold me down. And, no, that's what they said, Ch change what you're doing and make it more interesting. So then I came up with this idea in my 
in my audition. I was like, right, well, that actor's going to hold me into this chair and I'm going to try and get across the room to Juliet. And he's going to try and keep me back. And he's going to represent like my, you know, defense mechanisms, but I'm going to try and represent my need to be there. And they were like, oh my God, that's so amazing. You're in. <laughs> I went, yay. Um, yeah, all you need to do is talk loud and crap, really, to get in. <laughs> and I'm good at that. John, what did you do in your audition? I did Lady Percy. And I still remember the How did Lady Percy. Yeah, but what did you do to get in? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that. Um, wow. Princess <laughs> and the Maiden. Oh, yeah. Errol Dorfman. Indeed, indeed. When I heard his voice last night. I didn't do it like that. I did do it like that. I like the idea of Death and the Maiden being done like a sort of perverted gold blend ad. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> the, themes, the themes might not strike a chord if that was to be done like that. Perhaps not, no. Um, yeah. Do you think that a, a sort of conservatoire style training is important for career performers? <clears throat> I do. I do actually. Because your vocals, um, I don't know, although that's Technique difficult. Wise, yeah, maybe. I don't think they can teach you necessarily how to, how to act, but what they can do is open a few more doors that you didn't know you had. And give you some more tools. And and, some yeah, more. but your, my voice, um, I think the vocal training was really important. And also, actually physicalizations, being able to be different characters, the th losing inhibitions. There were a few things that we did that I really do take with a pinch of salt. Because mm. I actually felt sometimes they inhibited me more than unlocked me by just consistently criticizing or consistently <laughs> trying to, <laughs> consistently saying, yes, but now do more or now go there and now go. It started to at some point make me question, do I do anything? You know, naturally. Well, first week. No. First week, it was like I couldn't sit, stand, or walk. I was mm. like, oh, gosh, I. Yeah, I just I sure. No, I do. <laughs> too. Yes, uh, I too think there's, a, there's an environment of of. Well, it's a good thing because you will you do, you do need to be set up to be criticised because that's more or less what you're going to be for the rest of your life, whether it's in an audition <laughs> or whether it's an audience coming to watch you and sort of essentially think whether you're great or really bad. So you do get used to, but I found it was a fairly consistently critical environment. But it's, you know, not in a bad way, but um, yeah, it, I suppose it sets you up. You I think it does, and I think you, you understand the industry. It's nice to be around people with the same passion, and you can. There is that potential to get a little bit wanky, but I don't believe anyone I hang out hung around with did. Yeah, no, it was good. No, yeah, there's always a few. There's a few sort of. Oh, there's always a few, but that's fun. That's now fodder. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, how do you have students as well that were clever they they would play the game so they'd sort of learn it learn a tutor and what they were into and then just say that in class and then they were suddenly the tutor's favorite because they've got everything but i'd know from the canteen it was like you are just saying what this person wants to hear every time but i mean it worked yeah but they're yeah, they sociopaths though aren't they yeah, <laughs> but there's a lot of them in this game. <laughs> Very good at telling lies. <laughs> had you anticipated, um, when you were going through this, do you anticipated making your name as performers in comedy rather than in, you know, theatre, film, television? <clears throat> I've always um, enjoyed making people laugh ever since I was six and I was a rodent in one of my mum's pantos. And, um, I made the audience laugh, so I stayed on stage until they told me to go. <laughs> Get off. <laughs> Adeline, just go, gosh, these rats. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. And then, and then I wrote my one-woman shows after drama school. In fact, I wrote a speech at drama school because I forgot my modern speech, so I had to quickly, I had my Shakespeare. We were doing a radio. <clears throat> and so I wrote Bumping Into the X, and then that's where I started thinking about writing. Comedy. I had never considered comedy specifically. Never, I just wanted to do something on stage, that's all. 
didn't really care what. <laughs> but then I realized, no, because comedy is quite hard work, but, but for me, I find more serious theatre harder work because I don't particularly like going to those places. You know what I mean? As, and especially if you have to do something a lot. It's like, ooh. So I'd rather make people laugh a lot than make people cry a lot. Though I have to say, I do like going to those dark places. I like, mm -hmm. I like that uh, side. I like pathos, some of us. I like a bit of pathos with the comedy. Shush. Shush. Right, that's it. Obsessed with pathos. We don't do pathos, but she thinks... We don't do pathos. <laughs> I'm writing pathos right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think. Oh, we might have to swap this around a little bit. God, I think there's pathos and there's pathos in, in the couple that hate each other, isn't there? I mean, like, yeah, there's lots of pathos. It's, it's soaked. Mm. It's, it's soaked. Oh right, okay, it's ingrained. Marinated. <laughs> Festering. Um, <laughs> Better. Um, if you go to Baron Charm's YouTube channel, you will see, I think, a little example of of the couple um and i'm sure there will be more to come um have a look in the description for things like that darling what darling what darling what can you tell me where you put the thing? I don't know where the thing is. What is the thing? You know damn well what the thing is. It's in the thing of me, Bob. And they did have beetroot. I know for a fact because Marjorie has beetroot, so. I didn't say that they didn't have beetroot. I said I didn't want beetroot. There's a difference. So you want something different, do you? Can I have five minutes in the garden? Five minutes alone, with something that I love? Huh, okay, yeah, no, that's absolutely fine, yep. Yeah. You can have something different. Um, what is it that makes you laugh? you laugh at different things? I know obviously you have to laugh at a certain amount of the same thing in order to generate a, a joint product, but what is it that makes you laugh as individuals? My goodness. That is a broad spectrum. Oh, it is. Yeah. Um, Farting so makes me laugh. <laughs> I'm sorry, but there we go, crazy. But there we go. But I think it's some... I Quips, one-liners are very good. Like you know, oh, oh, what makes me laugh? It's I'm a bit, I'm a bit um, schizophrenic on those things because what makes me laugh with Sean is not necessarily what would make me laugh with another friend. So then I tend to be a bit chameleony with what I find funny. So like one of my good friends, Claudia, we tend to do a lot of physical comedy and observe the sort of weirdness of how people, and, but the weirdness that's become normal, you know, like somebody just constantly pun punching a button at a desk or something like that. We'll just sort of sit and laugh at that for hours for no, you know, because it's kind of weird what people do on a daily basis without knowing how odd it is. So I, I find that funny. And then, yeah, good one-liners. Um, I do like this. We, I was once, um, oh, I was on tour, blah, blah, blah. Went to a pub and asked for a jacket potato with some tuna and a bit of cheese on top. And he just went, I don't have a button for that. <laughs> so I just went, just tuna then. There was no one else in the pub. That makes me laugh. I'm like, oh, what? No, okay. tuna and cheese for you then. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. don't have a button for that. That's kind of the kind of thing I mean. Just silly. I like silly. But I also like clever word plays or um, someone overreacting to something is quite fun. Oh, yeah. I like a good uh, spoonerism as well. <laughs> <laughs> well um, hang on. Country gent. Yes. <laughs> Three cheers for the queer old Dean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
situations and observations uh, situations are, are fun and contrast there's one, there's one spoonerism it doesn't work in english but i think it's in it could be like icelandic or something like that but it's basically the equivalent of till death do us part in a marriage uh, if you spoonerize that in their language it becomes until the shit kills us <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. I mean, I, I, I personally haven't I said here isn't about me, but the, I, I love, and it's partly what, what I think I will miss um, post-corona is, is oh, uh, listening into people's conversations on buses. Mm. Oh, yes, that's good. Yeah. yeah, Sarah Millican tells a story about pensioners on a bus, and uh, one of them says to the other one, um, oh, what would you do if you were a man for a day? And the other one says, oh, I'd probably get a Tuesday, and what can you do on a Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> and I, oh yeah, the Victoria word was it? I'm going to the shop. Oh, if you're going to shop, get me raspberry yogurt. If they don't have raspberry, get me something else. It comes back. They didn't have raspberry, so I got your meat and potato pie. <laughs> <laughs> I like that too. That's fun. Yeah. So, how how do you approach? the creation of your shows then? It's changed from the beginning. The beginning was just like throwing every idea out. We've now got more structure to them. We use music, as you know, and that's sort of more. There's a theme that there's repeated um, characters characters that kind of thread because you would just come off doing your one woman show and you just asked me do you want to do something with me so in the beginning we were using a lot of your material sort of yeah. and i was kind of just filling in where you would have been speaking to you know and an, an, an every person there so then i became the actual person and then it, it started to go well i'd say it that way and then kind of grew yeah that way. Um, the characters often are come, they come from observation in life. You know, we see these posh twats getting pissed, and Seb Seb and Tufty and Seb Seb are born. And Daphne and Jefferson happened in a queue at Disneyland um, for the Tower of Terror, and I think it's a nineteen twenties sort of thing. And so I started speaking like this. Yeah, I, I started slapping you around. Yeah, that was just a silly woman, doesn't it? Because and then it's just like okay, what points can we make? Blah blah blah. <laughs> um, so that's that. And then um, where was I going? Um, so the, yeah, the characters are, they build, don't they? We come up with a situation, and then we kind of work the characters around it. Yeah, you're you're you. We have strengths because Sean's better at spotting the sort of. Um, scenarios of life that could work and then I think I'm nosy cow that's why she's basically spying on a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> I really am quite nosy but that's yeah. and then I go oh yeah that's really good and then we could say that and that and that and that and, that. and then we it sort of writes itself really quickly doesn't it yeah yeah I mean he's very good at a bottle of wine but yeah what's that I said I'm... usually with a bottle of wine yes mm, yes so usually we, we've now because of um covid and obviously we're you know Zoom is really useful for those um, those writing sessions. Mm. Um, cost effective. Yes, fortune on, on travel because Sean's in Brighton and I'm in London, so we always have to, you know, fork out yeah. to sort of have those face to face things. But now, and we always thought that online we wouldn't do, we wouldn't get the same result because we thought we would need to be sort of you know in the same room. But it turns out. <laughs> Yeah, but also we've learned now how to film on Zoom. I've got various lights, the green screen, it's all very exciting. We're just learning new tricks of the trade to build um, more characters, more possibilities. It's exciting. Um, but I do, I can't wait to see you all, of course, in mm -hmm. actual. The actual. Here. And if you can nice see someone and then be able to then open your arms and hug them rather than, oh, there you are, stay away. It's, it's awful, it's really horrible. I, it's not a nice scenario. Um, no. So in that answer, by my reckoning, you have subtly appealed to wine companies, 
and Zoom for corporate sponsorship. Is there anybody else? We absolutely should, yes. Sauvignon Blanc. If they want to sponsor our meetings, we'd be happy. Absolutely <laughs> delighted if you anyone could sponsor us with if that. We mention you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we can advertise. Absolutely. Brilliant. Jared, with the shows, I mean, obviously, the atmosphere at, with sketch comedy particularly is, is very different from, from stand-up, say. But um, have, you, have you been heckled in your time? Um, <clears throat> I have as a one woman. As one um, woman. You know the couple where I'm particularly cruel to you. I think <laughs> yes. I th I'm pretty sure someone booed or hissed or, or told me to die at some point, didn't they? Yeah. Someone would start shouting because he is pretty horrible. Um, yeah. And someone was fairly, I think I called you fatter. So it was, it was the three kids in a two piece uh, comment. I think it really provoked someone to scream something at me. And I went, Woo, don't know what to do. I think we just continued. And then they realized this isn't a back and forth, it's a sketch yeah. with a script. People usually yeah. do realize quite quickly that it isn't something it's not show. appropriate to heckle i think there's like with the australian tv hosts that we play i think because we're addressing a fake camera and an audience at home i think there's more room for them to sort of say something then would prefer yeah. if they don't but it is literally to them so if somebody did it would be just like yeah just I don't, yeah with those sketches i i almost would welcome go on go for it because barry will take you on i'm not <laughs> yeah she goes like mm. No, I stick to the script. I'm professional. I'm absolutely professional. Chairs professional. Ultimate. <laughs> We're just not very flexible. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm a comedian. <laughs> I do remember that. That it's, it's it's interesting for me because it's you know the last couple of shows I've done you know done bearing chance last couple of shows and I, I sit on the corner of the stage at a, at a keyboard and occasionally have Bettina. acid remarks, yes as a Bettina, and uh, the odd sort of acid remark thrown my way or the occasional you know piece of food thrown my way or just projectiles um, and yeah it is interesting seeing the audience reaction because occasionally I'll hear stuff that you probably don't because that's sort of slightly mm. sort of watching and you're in the middle of something but mm. I do remember somebody screaming at you during a shouting out in the audience during that yeah, someone like right. stump him or kill him or Lovely something. Yeah, <laughs> just leave him. Yeah. When you, particularly when you're doing the one woman show, though, was there anything ever memorable or you know, actually particularly funny that got shouted at you? Occasionally, you, uh, you get the odd good heckler, don't you? Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, they were just offended um, because I was coming on to coming on to her husband, oh. and she was yeah. Oh really? Threatened? Yeah, I'm not really. And then I came out at the end. My dad was like, "Oh, it's just yeah." I don't know why I did that, but I just was like trying to <laughs> soothe her because I thought, "Oh God, it's a play, it's a joke." Um, I did. Um, yeah, no, I. I mean, that's kind of thing. Uh, if I insulted someone, uh, someone just went, oh, "She doesn't mean it." <laughs> nothing. Nothing too. <laughs> but the, that, that woman scared me. Mm. <laughs> I was also thinking, yeah, Edinburgh. It, has, does, yeah, it does throw you for a moment. Has stand-up as a form ever appealed to either of you? I have done it. but um, I want to try it. I've never tried it and I kind of want to try it. And I've been saying I've been writing something for a long time, but um, I have to say, well, actually it was my 2020 um, New Year's resolution. It was like stand, go go try stand up this year, and then bloody COVID's happened. So, I think you would be very good at it. I don't think I'll be a duck to water, but I'm I'd be willing to just sort of bomb a couple of the times till I get that um, ability. So back and be, yeah, and because I think that'd be quite a good thing to have. I feel if yeah. you can do that, you can kind of do anything. How was your experience of it, Sean? It was all right. I did. I mean, I was, I was quite young. I was like in my twenties, and then um, it was only five minutes in Camden. Mm. But they introduced me as Sean Hutchinson. I was like, oh no, that's actually me. I'm not hiding behind anything. And I told a few stories, but there was nothing really connecting. Now, if I was to approach it, I think I would be a bit more sewn. 
But I don't think, like, it's not something I'd want to do. I prefer acting and being a character rather than being myself. Mm. <laughs> See, I would, just pre I would just present a character as myself. It's probably... Yeah. More. But I know what you mean. Like, I've never had that experience of, like, ladies and gentlemen, Barry Glennon. That might throw me as well. So I'm glad you've said it, because now I'm going to go, it's not me. They're going to call it me, but it's going to be me scripted, pretty exactly. much. Exactly. Scripted. Me go, oh, oh. Yeah. Um, well, I'll be there, Baz. I'll be there. Yeah, we both will. Yeah, well, yes. Yes, front row. With well, something. Good hackle up our sleeves. Sean, <laughs> uh, aside from this, you know, you, you, you teach children. Barry, you have a cat. Do you <laughs> think... You professionally you have that, that, yes. comedy is your escape valve from the very stark realities of your very real adult responsibilities. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, I teach A level drama, so when you say children, they're almost young adults, and um, I'm learning a lot from them, and I'm reading really mm -hmm. cool plays, and the stuff that I do. Um, I always allow my second years to come along because I think it's important for them to see me working as well. I find them, it's, it's, it's not a hobby, it's work. I mean, I want it to be work as well, but I do enjoy teaching. I wouldn't want to give that up actually. It keeps me humble. <laughs> I, I mean, I've got no answer because I have managed to shirk all adult responsibilities and I still do to this day, I'm very proud to say. <laughs> Although I'm kind of in a bit of debacle because I have a, well, a, you know, a tenant that's just moved out, so a slight income has oh. gone. <laughs> well, don't worry, Baz. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, um, when, when do you think that you'll allow your daughter to see your work? Only Barry's cat is younger than she is and has attended a lot of rehearsals. <laughs> Well, she's seen a lot of the stuff that we've done online. She's obviously, she has, yeah. And her little, one of her little friends is subscribed. I was like, there is a, okay. Well, I told, I spoke to uh, her parents. Um, but <laughs> I was like, just, just clarifying, this is all right. Uh, the actual show, I don't think she'll ever want to actually, because. <laughs> I'm honest. Goes, oh my god. But then I could be the embarrassing mother, which is always I mean I think okay. we should clarify here that Lila is twenty-one years of age. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> She's got a very yeah. Very well preserved. She's ten now, isn't she? So I'm pickled, Paddy, I'm pickled with <laughs> saving your block. Oh stop saying that then. But um at, yeah, ten, no. at 10, it depends on the child, but at 10, I was sort of obsessed with Beetlejuice and Freddy Krueger and, you know, lots of stuff. I think 10-year-olds can handle an awful lot more than you think. But yeah, I mean... Ours, maybe ours is a bit more on the sort of... Also, I, it's me. Board. It's well, isn't it? Hmm? Me as well. So, I'm like... But, um, yeah, we're having a girly uh, film on Saturday, me and her. So, you know, I, I might choose something fun. We watch Pitch Perfect together, which is a little bit, you know. Grown up, isn't it? It's a bit grown up, but she's asking all the questions now and always asks me. <laughs> well, I wonder why. Um, I really don't know, but it's always in a car, so I can't leave. <laughs> but they say the car is the best place because it's not face-to-face -face, that, you know, you can sort of say the awkward answer while not looking your child in the eyes, which I think is important. <laughs> oh dear God, it's so cringy. I, there's a couple of ones I've just gone, I can't answer that. Like, do you, do you mummy naked cuddle? I'm like that. And then I'm like, oh gosh. Um, I, I, just, I, just, I mean, I know it's silly, but um, some of these things I will answer at some point. Cringe. Wow. So, yeah. to sort of, I suppose, maybe bring you out of that mindset and uh, <laughs> ease you back towards the fluff, um, which... I'm happy with the fluff. I'm happier with the fluff. <laughs> which of your creations brings you the most joy? Um, my daughter, shouldn't I, really? But uh, you're talking about comedy, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
I think Todd and Gemma. Oh, they are so much fun. Brilliant. Yes, we've got Todd and Gemma. We did, we've done one Todd and Gemma. Um, you can see it online. Channel, and we'll obviously do that one more because that's the one that got the, the most hits as well. I think Todd and Gemma's. That late, late, yeah, that late. One of them is called Late Two, which is a second part of the first one called Funny Enough. I enjoyed playing that character, Sheena. Sheena but Todd and Gemma, um, they're basically hosts of a daytime TV show, mm. and they they're very innocent. They're very sort of almost sort of kids TV. Uh, they're not doing kids TV, but they they have that sort of happy, you know, innocent mindset. They do it's just consistently drop one innuendo after the other, and they just don't get it. They just don't hear themselves. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the health and well-being show that really does like to focus on the fact that your souls are assholes, and especially now more than ever, we've got to be in this together, right? I'm Todd. And I'm Gemma. Now, oh, Todd, how, how are you? How are you getting on, Todd? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I, I, to be honest, I'm finding it hard to keep it up. Um, but some days, you know, it's harder than others, and today's a good day, so I'm going to focus on that. What about you? Oh, well, no, I'm good, Todd. I'm good. I'm, I'm really finding this time as a real, you know, time of self-discovery. Really, you know, I'm feeling myself again. I'm feeling myself now. So when, we first, when we first did Todd and Gemma, I literally, I, could, I was laughing at our own jokes the entire, <laughs> I was so hard to yeah. not laugh at Smell My Fingers. Yeah, Smell My Fingers. I'm like, oh, like, oh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you, you could smell what I'm smelling, you'd be on the floor. <laughs> People go, oh God, are you laughing at your own jokes again? But you know what, someone has to. So, and if I don't find it funny, then it's not going down, darling. Not in Gemma usually works. What else do we like? Oh, I do. Um, Daphne and Justin. Yeah, the sort of, you know, terribly clipped. Old Actually, guy. I really like playing the couple. I, I like do. the couple. They're, They're my sister's favourite, is the couple. Because it's not punchlines, and I like that about them. It's not, it's just really slamming. Slam, it's actually slamming. laughing at, yeah, the tragedy of some relationships without being sort of ba-dum, you know, it's not... That annoys me sometimes, the ba ching whatever that is. Yeah. Or, ours is sort of like one slam and then a facial expression of being really hurt and just... To, and although it's not funny, um, it's funny. <laughs> it's getting the one-upmanship, isn't it? The one and, um, yeah, and blind stupidity of just staying with somebody like that. That can be quite yeah. amusing. They obviously yeah. have something on each other. Yeah. Why okay. else would you stay? Yeah. Well, I think there are people and I... I, I I see that, you know, from a little corner, um, you do see the people who are genuinely shocked at the couple because they've clearly never experienced a relationship <laughs> like that. And you see the ones that are just sitting there going, oh yeah, mm -hmm. no, I've been do that for years. And they tend to be the ones that laugh most, actually. Yeah, yeah. I'll, and also I think people are a bit shocked from the couple because it's a sketch show and we usually start with an opener that's really funny, then maybe another one that's funny and then a song, and which is funny. And then it goes into this, sort of, you know, bleak marriage. Sometimes it gets a lot of laughs, other times it just ends in silence and we just push through to the next one. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a good thing though. For I don't think it's failed on either level. I think some audiences have just gotten a, a different vibe from it and thought, ooh. But they're, 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 they always come back three times in the show, so they're, real, they're quite shocking within the first one. But in the second one, you can see it's going somewhere. And then in the third one, the guy tends to get his comeuppance. So that, that elicits I quite did a did very much. Response. I was very much enjoy when we did the uh, line dancing. That was fun. The line dancing and the new one that we've done at Christmas, which was where we were toys that were thrown onto a floor and we land in very unfortunate positions with each other and it <laughs> Sutra. that yeah. was hard work oh god no didn't mean that that was really challenging to not laugh when you had your face in my crotch or i can't which one of us oh god, I was six and, you're playing, on the floor. and you're playing you've got a friend in me <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> oh i can't wait 
we're going to be uh, when we film on location and we've got the the various uh, technology i think these two will be appearing in our pilot sketch show which we have arts council funding for which when the we're allowed when we're allowed and, it's and everybody can the wonderful wolfpack productions as well productions productions good god there i say about vocal um, which is really exciting and obviously we like to use our wonderful actors that we know to play other parts Catherine manners patty and patty <laughs> Super, yes I've, I've heard stories um established like a, there's a little foursome now isn't there yeah we're gonna yeah which is nice the um i'll come to the next question again gonna have a quick quick another pee here um <laughs> it's just so. so. It up and then um. <laughs> Zip. <laughs> <laughs> that poor cat. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um. You've, I mean, we've already spoken about um the stuff that's been going up on YouTube, and I mean, lockdown actually seems to have boosted your output um uh what what would you like to see emerge for comedy and and the arts generally at the far end of this bizarreness that we've been having you know what i feel like the arts will recover you know like in wartime i know that's quite an analogy but um it was about survival and it came back gusto with the new um, strength, urgency, etc. I think that's going to happen again. I hope it happens again. I think the arts are incredibly important and laughing is actually proven to um, boost your immune system and help mood, etc. So laughter and sketch shows and all sorts of things, absolutely vital, essential. <laughs> we are saving lives. We are saving <laughs> Lives. What I like from this is that it's become a sort of a leveler so that, you know, me and Sean filming a sketch looks exactly the same as Ellen DeGeneres's show. That there isn't all this, you know, it, sometimes it feels like you can never compete with the people who are, you know, working on the top level. Whereas now everybody's on the same page and I think it's, it's a good way for talent itself to emerge through the sort of smoke and mirrors of the glamour of some of the other stuff. Um, yeah, I think it's placed everybody on the same page and I hope that more opportunities are spotted and more people because so many people did funny sketches and would send them in, just people are funny. And there's talent out there that maybe w won't have gotten discovered, but for this. So hopefully it's opened people's eyes. Yeah. To who's doing what and who's good at what. And <laughs> so look at another aspect of the work, the sort of, troop company, however you want to phrase it, has in the past received funding from the Rainbow Fund in Brighton as a, it's an entirely LGBT plus enterprise. Um, spoiler alert. Um, but actually the, um, the sketches themselves might have the odd sort of camp edge, but you don't riff on a lot of LGBT plus themes. How important is it for you that the public sees LGBT plus people who don't feel that has to be the defining characteristic of their work. I think it's, yeah, I think if you want it to be the defining aspect, then let it be that, because that, that's what you do. But when it's Sean and I playing against each other, because it's male, female, it just comes easier to, topically to be a couple that don't get along or, you know, so it's, we sort of haven't played into it much, but in terms of, how important is it that people know? I think it is really important that people know that we're gay performers and because people need uh, to look up and see that we're out there. Yeah, and also um, with regards to gay characters, we I'm not against having gay characters at all. We just haven't found a situation where it would be genuinely funny. Mm. Or, and, and I think that has to be quite important. Yeah. Just to raise issues just because um, they have to, they have to be funny and they have to write themselves. And when the character doesn't write themselves, it's it's often put on the shelf until they can or they won't. 
you know? Well, I think we've had, we had ideas when we were writing sitcoms and stuff in terms of something for television. We've written, if I remember, we've written two gay people that live with each other, both actors, isn't it? And I think yeah. that, I mean, that could work easier. Bit of a stretch, wasn't it, Baz? Hmm? <laughs> bit of a stretch. Cheeky <laughs> <laughs> actors. But, um, yeah, in sketch. Write what you know. Write what you know. But in sketch, yeah, because they're quite two to three minute things, we tend to just focus on what's going to be funny rather than, um, you know. Yeah, I think what I was what I was asking, and I, I I think I phrased it slightly clumsily, was that you do get sort of you know gay comedians um, more widely sort of LGBT plus comedians um, who sort of get stuck with the expectation of the audience being that they're that's what they're going to talk about or that's mm -hmm. what they're going to they have to be the spokesperson for everybody mm -hmm. and and they actually don't not really that interested in hearing them talk about ordinary everyday things and i think what's what's quite refreshing with your show is that it's 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 just there for the laughs it's and it's actually secondary anybody. sorry Said we're certainly not preaching a lifestyle to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to end up the way most of our, our sketches end up. <laughs> no, thank God we're not spokespeople. Oh my God. <laughs> oh God. We did not do that. <laughs> Absolutely not. Do you, do you keep the door open uh, in your professional lives to the possibility of, of uh, sort of returning to traditional acting? Uh, as well as comedy? Yeah, we've spoken about this. I mean, obviously we are um, a force, a little um, a comedy duo, but if Barry got a job, I mean, clearly not going up for the same roles, I would wholly support him and vice versa. And I'm, I would be, honestly, his little cheerleader and I know he would be mine. Yeah. So with regards to traditional theatre, film, TV, um, I'd, yeah, we're both open to that, definitely. Yeah. And also we were thinking as well last year, we were looking into writing the couple as a play. Yeah. Maybe that has funny moments, but essentially not a funny play. So it was more serious investigation as to who this couple are and how deep does it go? How, you know, what do they know about each other and why did they stay? And it was kind of where we were investigating that, but be more yeah. serious. So yeah, I'd love to do that. That's definitely still in the pipeline. Mm, yeah. I mean, obviously that's... <laughs> No, and with regards to our actual sketch show, obviously we're, we're aiming to create a television pilot, which hopefully will have legs and give opportunity to other actors. Yeah. Uh, because that's always good. And collaborations, again, we're, we're happy to collaborate. Mm. So you, you have heard it, ladies and gentlemen, Barry and Sean are alive, available and seeking representation. Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> of course, that's why we met. Insincere headshot moment, so that they know how I can most. <laughs> God, look at this! Jeez. And, you know, it's, it, I, I should say to the audience, of course, means that the reason why we are having this conversation now is because you know it's it's where I initially trans, you know, intersected was was Sean doing a. Uh, uh, an entire Shakespeare project. Shakespeare play with you. Yes, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, well, we did have a laugh all that, didn't we? Did have a laugh. We had a little laugh at. Um, what do you want to achieve with your work? What would make you say, I can retire happy now? Because let's face it, time is ticking on. <laughs> 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 Ask that question again. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. I would love um, to do certainly a tour of our show, live mm. show. Well, I would TV. Love we want to get a TV. TV. That's a a, a, not just a pilot, actual series. A series. I'm backing producers actually because we we've had some really exciting meetings in the past and um, mm. have had interest from brilliant like producers who are interested in our work, but obviously this situation is put. A, stop on that mm. um so uh, it's just keep going isn't it just keep yeah. going and try get and that just um, world domination basically yeah. world domination basically, i'm not gonna rest i won't be. retire until <laughs> i want the first 
best Oscar in a comedy sketch role goes to <laughs> Barry and Sean. <laughs> As we both go up and get yes. off each. Yeah. <laughs> it's a chocolate one. <laughs> I do not want the tail. <laughs> One of the uh, many people who've been spirited away um, during 2020 was uh, James Lipton, the uh, uh, director and uh, founder of Inside the Actors Studio mm. class on broadcast. Um, he ended each interview with uh, 10 questions, but he asked the same 10 questions to everybody. He stole them from elsewhere in his time. So as I've been saying in every episode, we have quite happily nicked them. Yeah. So um, in whatever order you like, uh, what is your favourite word? Well, no, we, what isn't? Um, She's got uh, three that are definitely not. Oh no, I don't like moist. That's not the question. My favourite word is probably, now don't laugh, tranquility. Oh, God. <laughs> Mine is smidgen. Um, Always been smidgen. I used to, if my mother asked me to clean my room, she would just get a smidgen. Or, you know, when are you going to do that? You know, smidgen. It just became my go away word. Or if I was excited about it, ooh, smidgen. <laughs> Did you ever use it in its, you know, sort of usual, usual setting? Or? Hmm? Did you ever sort of use it in its, in its usual setting? Or? A smidgen. <laughs> 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 Maybe just a smidge. <laughs> it is a good word, actually. Yeah, a smidge and goes everywhere for me. Yeah. What's your least favourite word? Oh my gosh, I've got loads. Oh. Well, your three most famous are moist, eggy, and flan. Do you know what recently I don't like? Slot. Mm. Yes. Slot. Slot. For obvious Slot. reasons. <laughs> Because you know, I've got teacher parent evenings and uh, one to ones, etc., and everywhere on my computer is reserved slots, slots reserved, slots available. <laughs> it's not right. It's not right. It's just I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with slot. Let's go with slot. Buzz? Do you have a least favourite word, Barry? Well, I'm kind of in agreement with Sean. A least favourite word. Ointment's not good. <laughs> you did grow up around pharmacists, though, didn't you? I did. An ointment means something is leaking out of somewhere. Discharge is a hard as well. Seepage is unpleasant. Seepage, discharge, and ointment are three things oh. I have to avoid at all at all costs. Swap my weeping pustule. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What turns you on? Oh. In what respect? <laughs> Answer however you like, is what I've been saying to people. <sighs> Turns me on. Well, I mean, the first thing, sadly, that came into my head was Disneyland. <laughs> it's like my favorite oh. place to be. Oh, anything that reminds me of like childhood magic. So savory, my God! I was thinking stroke. In what respect? Do you want me to answer that frankly, or do you want me to tell you what my first thing was? And I think that's yes, come up with the first thing. So, what was it you were going to say? Sorry. Childlike innocence, and I said being stroked here—it's quite nice, you know. Oh right. You, oh right, you went with full on. Yeah. I went full on that way, but I, I do apologise. Well, the next question is, what turns you off? Bad breath. Mm. Awful. <laughs> Sean being stroked here. <laughs> 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 I, can, I can officially say that's turned me off. <laughs> <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? But rudeness is my answer to that. People oh, rude. are sorry. Rudeness really is. Ugh. Oh yeah, that's really good. Your answers are so much better than mine. <sighs> what sorry. sound or noise do you love? The sea. I do. I do. I love the waves. It's really. Oh, crickets! Crickets! Crickets at night time. 
it always reminds me of holidays and it, it's always like balmy nights when you can hear crickets and I just love it. I sometimes play them just at night to pretend I'm abroad. <laughs> <laughs> what side or noise do you hate? Oh, um... Yeah. Oh, uh, shall I? <laughs> That's horrible. Not sure it's my... <laughs> it's gross, isn't it? Hmm. <laughs> Well, I live. Oh, oh, those. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the key on the plate. That was oh, my You live. Well, I live beside a train station, and it's not so much the sound of trains going by, although that is annoying. It's that right beside it, there's a train cleaning depot. So, come about 11 o'clock or 12 at night, they all go through this depot at about two miles an hour. So, yeah. constant, like, mmm, sound, and I'm I hate it. That's really your nice. favourite swear word? <laughs> Not allowed. Well, mine. Hmm. Go on. Cunt. Mine is cunt. <laughs> I knew, I think it might be mine too. Although one that's le that, that it's the last one left that gets a response because fuck is so, so rude, isn't it? If you say fuck off, you could say that friendly. You could say oh fuck off, and people aren't shocked. But if you say cunt off, people are like oh my god, you just. It seems to be the last swear word with any kind of real impact. So I love it. It is good. It is good, and it is up there for me. But I quite like shut. Cunt is up there, is it? <laughs> right, stop. Uh, <laughs> very good. Um, I quite like shite. Yes. Bollocks. Bollocks is good too. Bollocks is great. Oh. Bollocks is very, very therapeutic. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> also, you know when, you know Goldie Hawns, she thinks she's a bit drunk in one of these movies and she says, I just don't give a rat's ass. Yes. <laughs> I just quite like rat's ass. I think it's quite evocative when you can get a good rat's ass out then yeah that is good actually mm, rat's ass. Yeah. I think I'm gonna go with shit actually shit yeah do you know what I mean shit's what? funny as well shit is pretty funny like yeah. and, and when I used to do um <laughs> when I used to do be active days when I was working more of a secondary school rather than college be active days. I used to go on to rounders with my wonderful friend Maria, and I used to just throw the ball and go catch it. <laughs> <laughs> really thoroughly entertaining. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> Separately, you want to get L started on Rats Ass. That is a particular favourite of hers. I think. Is it? it? Was, uh, I can't remember what show it was. Whether it was, was it Ugly Betty or something like that? There was some show or film or something where there was a line in one episode. Can somebody please tell me why I should give a rat's ass what's in Salma Hayek's purse? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, good, isn't it? Rat's ass is good. What? It is good. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Ooh. Oh, I think I knew this. Yeah, see, this is why I hate computers. Because if I wasn't going to be an actor as a kid, I was going to do special effects in movies. Oh! Um, yeah, so like taking sort of moulds and then building faces or building creatures out of stuff. And basically practical effects, which have basically been removed because of CGI. And I'm not good with computers, so that career is gone, which kind of annoys me. And now, also, it's not an interesting story anymore. Whenever, you know, in Beetlejuice, when she rips her face off, when I was a kid, I was like, how did they do that? When you found out there was an interesting story behind how they did it, they had to create a way to make that happen. Same answer these days. How'd they do that, computer? How'd they do that, computer? How'd that blow up, computer? Yes. Um, it's, for me, I want people to bring that career back. Because Look at Jurassic Park. Everybody thinks that that was mostly CGI, but it was mostly practical effects and a couple of CGI bits. That's why it still looks better. That always makes my legs go up. Hmm? That bit when the Tyrannosaurus Rex goes, Bleh, and your legs go, Whoop. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Mm. Hmm. 
So yeah, do special effects. That's what I wanted to do. That's really cool. Me? Okay, well, uh, right. Good point. When, well, I think now, I used to really want to, I love cooking. Mm. And I would probably be like a beautiful, like have a little cafe and cook and but like you know proper nice nigella homely, homely yeah but <laughs> yeah with some powder and everything but now i'm really interested in lighting and i think it would be quite fun to be you know on set lighting things yeah yeah uh, not not on not not theater but actually how yeah. you film yeah cinematographer mm. basically isn't it we're no, no, um, gaffer. Yeah, a gaffer. <laughs> um, and what profession would you not ever want to do? A jockey. Okay. At all. Oh, I can't run horses. No, 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 no. No, I hate horses. No. You hate me. On my, on our honeymoon, Nikki surprised me with a horse ride with wild horses. I was crying. Oh, no. It was awful. No. Horses roll. When I get on them, they roll to get me off. <laughs> they do. They don't like me. They do the whole eye white thing. Oh, wow, uh, yeah. They don't like me. It's like I've got 666 on my head. And I'm not. I'm a nice person, but I don't like horses and they don't like me. And it's just, you know, it's understood. We're like, yeah, I'm standing at a fence and you're going to go weird. Once I stood by, a, by like I was about to enter a field where my sister had her horse. Um, the, the horse that was tied up on the fence saw me bucked it, ripped the fence out of the ground and ran to the other side of the field, dragging the entire fence. So they don't like me. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That's really quite odd. Usually animals like me, but not horses. And then when I was a kid, a horse in like a little sort of, you know, like the mini zoo where you can have little rides, it bit me. <laughs> well, there you go. It, me. It, like, it let every other child ride it and go around. It saw me and bit me. So don't like them. My profession would be... I couldn't do a period drama unless I was the maid. You wouldn't want or to... Or in a carriage. Well, I can't ride a horse. I can't side saddle. Let's move on. Sorry, Barry. I'm interrupting you again. Um, what would I not like to do? Oh, God. There's so many. But I really wouldn't like to be a doctor or a surgeon. I just don't think I could handle putting a knife into somebody and slicing. And then from then on, it's my response. I wouldn't like that. Yeah, that's a big, wouldn't yeah. Like that. No. No. I hear you. But I'd be really good at playing a surgeon, if anyone's looking to cast a What is it in casual scene? I used to play it. She's taking ecstasy and baby sham. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fun. Yeah, we could definitely play doctors. <clears throat> when your time comes, if you wake up and discover that whatever you may have believed on Earth, there actually is a heaven, what would you like to hear said to you on arrival? I don't need words, just a standing ovation. <laughs> just... <laughs> oh wow oh that's hilarious oh god okay um pause, pause for applause pause for applause pause for applause that is so funny um gosh i don't know here's a pub it's open all hours oh sean's in heaven <laughs> i'm in heaven <laughs> and you go get hangovers in heaven or drunk. And you can have cigarettes and they won't kill you. But it's all, yeah, because you're dead. Yeah, brilliant. Well, maybe I should try things that I didn't really want to try, like bungee jump, I've no interest. But maybe in heaven, knowing that I can't die, I'll do all those daring things. Or just go to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> Far more likely. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's hard. <clears throat> Welcome. Oh, I like your standing ovation. Standing ovation would be nice after your life, wouldn't it? Totally cool. Hmm. Would you think everything? Send him down. <laughs> or a chant. 
<laughs> Big Fat Joe's Barbie all me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> On which note, Barry Glenn and John Hutchins and Barry and John, thank you very much. You're very welcome. You're welcome. You've been listening to Dark Unicorn in Conversation with Barry Glennon and Sean Hutchison. Written, presented and edited by Patty Cooper. Theme music by Curtis Batson. Special thanks to the estate of James Lipton and BS Productions. The series is executive produced for Dark Unicorn Productions Limited by Alan Estaton. COVID-19 presents one of the greatest threats to theatre in living memory. The performing arts need you now more than ever. Please, consider supporting our work by becoming a patron, with packages starting at just £50 per year to be a rainbow unicorn. Just visit darkunicorn.org. Science helps us solve problems, but creativity helps us cope with them. Please don't let the performing arts be another casualty of the pandemic. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.